This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Anne Aries. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about uh, some of the meat substitute products that are super in the news right now. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they are. Yeah, we're specifically talking about the ones that are really trying to replicate the taste and uh, uh, texture of beef. Right. And as you've probably heard, (laughs) Burger King added, yes, that Burger King of the chain uh, (laughs) added an impossible burger to their menu. That is a brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a brand we will be talking about a lot today. And uh, right here in Atlanta, Slutty Vegan, um, probably you've heard of it. I don't know. If you're around Atlanta, certainly. It's it's quite a popular vegan restaurant. Yes. And it, it's one of its big things is a 100% plant-based burger. And it has attracted these massive lines and caused massive trouble and even a death. Um, oh, gosh. Because somebody was waiting in the, the line in the car. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, my co-host over on Sminty, she she lives near it, and she went during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Very great plan. Got in with no line. Oh, man. Uh, and her consensus was, meh. If I didn't have to wait in line, basically. The, the, sure. From what I gathered, she, she was saying, if I didn't have to wait in line, that was great, but I would never wait in line. Huh. Um, but... It has been super successful and is opening a second location soon. Yeah, they they offer Impossible brand burger patties and Beyond Meat brand bratwurst. Um, but yeah, their 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 buns and sauces are vegan too. Like their entire restaurant is fast food vegan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, as we were researching this, uh, I ran into somebody who works here, Lyle, a good friend of ours, and he was like, "I just waited in line at Popeyes," and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> And he told me all about the the feud about chicken sandwiches. Oh, the Twitter feud. We're so behind the times. (laughs) It was, I had like read about it, but I hadn't actually, I think that I had like noticed that it was happening, but I didn't look into it. And I got a hearty chuckle at my desk this afternoon about it because, yeah, apparently Popeye's has been advertising their new chicken sandwich. 
It's not an alternative chicken. It's just no. regular chicken sandwich. Um, and the main comparison has been to Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. Yeah. And then Chick-fil-A tweeted that, like, like, oh, man, like, loved the original. And Popeye's, like, retweeted it with, y'all good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Wendy's got in the fray. <laughs> and then Zaxby's got in there. And, uh, <laughs> It was too Shake much. Shake Shack, yeah, it was a whole bunch. It was, it was, but I, you know, I recommend looking into that if you like social media feuds between big corporations. Um, so I was very confused about the whole thing yesterday, but we are not talking about that no. specifically. No, um, we are talking about yeah, meat alternatives, and I did want to bring up recently we're at podcast conference in Orlando. Podcast, mm, uh, podcast movement. movement. Yes, yeah. which is a conference. <laughs> and our boss, Connell, ordered an Impossible Burger at one of the restaurants in the venue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beth Ann and Connell both both ordered one. They did. I have had one, and it was good. That's all I seem to remember. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing reminded me, I'll never forget the time I went to one of my best friend's house, and I was nine, and her mom always kind of had the weird you know, food. She was, she was the <laughs> one that you associated with the stranger foods as a kid. Uh-huh. And she offered me meatless meatballs and the look on my face. <laughs> the just paradigm shift, I'm sure, blew your little mind. Because as a kid, I didn't know, like, well, then sure. what's in them? <laughs> if it's meatless meatballs. <laughs> You've said a number of words that don't make sense next to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my mom was big on plant proteins. Uh, I was eating tofu, like, regularly by the time I was five or so. Oh, wow. Um, but I don't think I had, like, a meat substitute product until middle or high school, which was a soy-based burger at Epcot, which I did not enjoy. Mm. Um, but, th- I mean, this was also, like, like mid-90s. Right. Like, the technology had not really. No, there has been a lot of innovation. Oh, goodness my gracious, yes. Um, No, I I was pretty big on bean burgers post-college until I realized that I can't have bell pepper. Y'all, they dang all have bell pepper in them, and it makes me so mad because I like a bean burger. Yeah. They're tasty. They are tasty. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, I've not had an Impossible or a Beyond Burger. Um, I meant to go get one last night, but the evening just got away from me. From Burger King? No, I was going to go. They have one over at Argosy, which is this uh, cool little restaurant down in East Atlanta Village that Mm -hmm. actually one of my roommates works at, so... I used to make pretty regularly um, sweet potato and lentil burgers. I really loved them. Oh, man. It sounds weird, but something happens, and it was really good. (laughs) Anyway, okay, let's get to our question. Right. I don't even know what the question is. Meat substitute burgers. Burger, burger, beef (laughs) burger substitutes. What are they? (laughs) Well, um, uh, you know, interest in non-meat proteins goes back, like, thousands of years. Um, this is not a new thing. And as food technologies have developed, humans have created any number of different plant-based products that try in various ways to approximate the taste and texture of meats. Lots of other plant-based products don't try to do that, which is also just fine, but, yeah, separate categories. Mm-hmm. These products have generally been packaged frozen and sold to consumers or or to eateries to be thawed and heated on site or, or in homes. Um, and, you know, that's fine, but, but freezing foods does impact the texture and the flavor and never really for the better. So a few companies right now are working on plant-based meat substitutes that can be sold fresh and cooked the way that you cook fresh meats and that approximate the experience of eating meat, especially beef, more closely than their predecessors. And... Yes, they are making a lot of headlines. Um, And the two big contenders here in the United States are the aforementioned Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat. Yes. Both of these companies offer fresh, preformed burger patties that can be cooked like beef burgers. They brown like beef. They even bleed a little when you cut or bite into them. Yeah, yeah, bleeding beef. Bleeding beef. Yep, it's... If you see the description, it's a quote around <laughs> bleeding and then one around beef. <laughs> Not together. Separately. Mm-hmm. The names. I tell you the names. Beyond Meat, Impossible Burger, Incredible Burger, Awesome Burger. In some states, there is pending legislation over the use of the word meat in products that do not involve actual meat from slaughtered animals. I believe one state has already passed it, and there's 21 states looking into it. Who 21. The meat industry is Oh, yeah, not they are lobbying it's a the, lot. Exactly. And it's the same thing like with uh, milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I, okay, like I kind of love this. I mean, I, I dislike that um, time and money in our government is being, in my personal consideration, kind of wasted mm-hmm. on on something that, okay, I mean, like like not to underscore the importance of, of, uh, of clarity and labeling. Yes. Because like if you're confused about whether a product contains meat, like that's not helping anyone. No. No. Like you want to be clear about it. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, like some of it, some of it gets so ridiculous. Like, all right, the New York Times reported that this one representative from Mississippi who has tried to legislate against this whole nut milk thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, that the word milk being on nut milks and on, on labels, um, he said, almonds don't produce milk. He doesn't know that for sure. <laughs> it depends. It all depends. <laughs> I mean, it's true that almonds don't lactate, but <laughs> yes, I guess that's true. I mean, but he he also said, "Oh man, I'm a little bit saucy about this." He said, "The fake lab-produced meat is a little bit more of a science fiction type deal that concerns me more." Oh, I'm sort of like, "Oh man, like calm down, like find something else to be mad about." There's a lot of stuff to be mad about right now. The world is on fire. Yeah, plant-based meat is not. <laughs> Yeah, pick a different issue. Yeah, anyway, that's that's uh, Representative Bill Piggott, friends, just in case you or someone that you know lives in Mississippi and might be interested in voting for humans who have a slightly more science and less scare tactic uh, form of communication in their legislation. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Uh, you know uh, vote however you want, just vote. Yes. Uh, I'm getting she, way she, off. <laughs> pointed her episode. finger at me very aggressively. <laughs> I will, Lauren, okay? <laughs> okay? Good. Good, Annie. Thank you. You're welcome. But oh, in the meantime. Yeah, let's get to nutrition. Yeah. So this current generation of meatless burger is actually pretty similar to beef burgers in terms of um, macronutrients. Uh, Four-ounce Impossible Beyond or regular old beef burger all have roughly the same number of calories, total fat, saturated fat, and protein. The only real difference comes in uh, that the meatless products contain a little bit of carbs and dietary fiber, whereas meat burgers do not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Micronutrients are where the products do differ. Um, I had a hard time finding specifics for Beyond, but um, but Impossible has an even wider and deeper spread of vitamins and minerals than beef does, Uh, specifically lots of thiamine B12 and zinc, if, you know, those are things you're looking for. I did read... Um, a lot of articles saying that the, this is one of the biggest hurdles of of these specific brands is that it, when people cotton on to, oh, it's actually the same amount of, like, calories. Yeah. It's not healthier. It's not lower in fat. I mean, health has health is a big issue. Right. But. Yeah. But, I mean, people uh, decide to, to askew meat for multiple reasons. Sure. Sure. Askew. Askew. I've always said a skew. Mm. Oh, man, you learn something every day. <laughs> life life lessons all over the place. It's yes. true. It's true. Um, but, okay, so, so yeah, so if not uh, nutrition, then why choose a non-meat product? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah, because, because humans— Turn to vegetarian and vegan options for all kinds of reasons, uh, you know, concerns over the treatment of animals, moral quandaries about eating animals, uh, religion, health, cost, environmental impact. Um, but, yeah, again, talking specifically today about, about products meant to mimic the experience of eating beef, um, th- those products are coming up because the beef industry is specifically problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, meat, meat is a luxury, um, and beef in particular is a status product. And we eat a lot of it, especially as we, as humans, uh, not like Annie and me, yeah. uh, especially as we gain the means to do so. Like, the world population has more than doubled since the early 1960s, but meat production has quintupled in that time. Um, and although the per capita consumption of beef has been pretty much on the decline in the United States since the 1970s, it's still four times higher here than the world average. And it's been increasing in developing nations. Wow. Yeah, um, I was researching why why meat is manly the other day. and uh, Oh, yeah? Ooh. Yeah. Um, 
That's going to be a spinty episode. Yeah, and there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot there. Huh. Um, part of the popularity of these products beyond vegetarians and vegans having an option on menus is people wanting to make an environmentally friendly choice, especially right now that seems to be kind of the big thing. One of the, the main pushes. Um, a meat-tasting alternative for people who love beef but are environmentally minded. Because you have to think, like, if it is, like, a meat alternative, it is a lot of people, they're targeting people who eat meat. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, okay, growing cattle takes a lot of resources, like a shocking amount of resources. Um, 11,000 gallons of water per year per cow. Um, Ten times as much vegetation goes into growing beef as it would take for us to just get those calories from vegetation. Mm -hmm. Uh, To create a kilo of beef, about 2.2 pounds, the cattle industry creates the same amount of carbon dioxide emissions that the average European car would every 155 miles um, or 250 kilometers for our metric friends. Uh, Cattle burps and farts make up 10% of total global greenhouse gas emissions. Wow. Like – I think that's more than the entire transportation industry combined. Ooh. Um, all other types of meat production combined only make up another 8%. So mm-hmm. cattle is like sort of this very separate, very intense problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, beef is seven times more land and greenhouse gas intensive to grow than chicken, and it's 20 times more so than beans. The Center for Sustainable Systems at the University of Michigan conducted a study that was commissioned by Beyond Meat, Mm -hmm. just FYI, Mm -hmm. that found that compared to a quarter-pound beef burger, a plant-based burger produces 90% less greenhouse gas emissions, calls for 45% less energy, impacts water scarcity 99% less, and has 93% less of an impact on land usage. Oof. Mm Mm-hmm. Fast Company found that if Americans at large switched to plant-based burgers, it would be the same as removing 12 million cars from the roads for an entire year. Who? Yeah. The impossible aims to get rid of the need for animals for meat by 2035. And that is a big aim. Like, projections put world meat consumption doubling by 2050 due to population and economic growth. But 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 who knows? I mean, like this is this. It could be a sea change. Um, Beyond Meat founder Ethan Brown said that when surveyed, ninety three percent of Beyond purchasers reported also buying traditional meat during the same period. And a survey about Impossible showed that seventy percent of people who ordered their burgers from menus are meat eaters. So, who knows, y'all? Who knows? But it is a big deal. Yes. <laughs> because apparently this shocked me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of numbers. The average American eats three burgers a week. I know. I can't. I'm like, whoa. I'm trying to think of the last time I had a burger. I don't know. I'm like, maybe I have maybe like one per quarter. Yeah. What's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it is delicious. Yeah. One poll from Politico found that banning meat did worse than any other issue surveyed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, they were like, that. that is our least favorite of any terrible options. Yeah, and I think, no joke, I think ISIS wow. was on there. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, don't you take away my meat. Heck, okay. And we have seen this play out in our politics recently. Yeah. Uh, they're coming for your burgers. These burgers, um, like we said, are pretty much targeted to meat eaters, so that's kind of a problem. Uh, Impossible even has a list of don'ts, like, quote, we don't say vegan, we are for meat eaters, we don't meat shame, we are not political. Hmm. Mm -hmm. However, another study found that given plant-based burgers tasted the same as burgers made with meat, 65% of consumers would still go for the meat version. Huh. I think... My dad is someone who would have done this, and yeah. I think it's about, like, suspicion or bad experiences. Oh, sure. Like, past bad experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, based on that Epcot burger, I, like, sure. <laughs> I wouldn't have eaten another one of those for years. Right. Yeah. Oof. Hmm. When it comes to meatless burgers, Morningstar Farms, owned by Kellogg, has the largest market share. But that share is decreasing. Meat substitute retail sales hit $895 million over the year-long period ending May 25th this year. Yeah, uh, here in the United States, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And here in the U.S., sales of meat substitutes have increased 42% since 2016. Um, During the same period, traditional meat sales only increased 1%. And... Globally, meat substitute sales are projected to grow by 22% by 2023. So this is not just an American thing that is happening. Not at all. 
Though, uh, ju- just for just for contrast, so the global meat substitute market was worth 1.5 billion as of 2018. That's a lot. Yes. The conventional meat market was. I shouldn't say meat market, should I? The conventional. <laughs> yeah, sure. You guys know what I mean. Yeah. The conventional meat market was 1.5 trillion. Oh. So. My brain is not still processing a, that. Still a drop in the bucket, sure. comparatively. Yes. After getting approval from the FDA here in the U.S., the Impossible Burger could be at grocery stores as soon as September, which is a month from recording this. In May, Beyond Meat had the best IPO of 2019 so far, which I don't know much about IPOs, but I know that's a big deal. <laughs> Initial public offering, yes. It's yes. a financial thing. Yes. Sure. In June, Beyond Meat's stock price was going for 500% above the initial offering. The Impossible Burger is available in 15,000 restaurants. Oof. They've raised over $750 million and are worth an estimated $2 billion. Ooh. Beyond Meat, on the other hand, has a market value of $9 billion. <laughs> at its highest, it was $14 billion. It's available at 53,000 restaurants. Ooh. But the Impossible Burger outsells the Beyond Meat Burger 3 to 1 at Bear Burger, which has both options on the menu. Mm-hmm. Impossible Burger, uh, they have they make 1.5 million pounds of meat alternative a month. Oh, and Beyond has products in 30,000 grocery stores, restaurants, and schools. Um, and they can be found in the United States, Canada, the U.K., Italy, and Israel. Oh. Impossible employs about 440 people. 110 of those are in research and development. Ooh. And they spend hours doing things like uh, smelling smelling different combinations like cheese and salami, trying to hone in on the scent of meat. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, uh, Beyond Beyond Meats Lab has 63 R&D employees. Love it. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, Burger King's chief marketing officer, so take this with a grain of salt, told the New York Times that customers and even employees have not been able to tell the difference between the meatless Impossible Whopper and the classic beef variety. Their commercial certainly implies that. (laughs) That I'll have no idea. (laughs) Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger, and this is huge news, they're vying for the big one, the king, McDonald's. Ah. Yes, yes. Some European McDonald's, I think in Germany, have the Incredible Burger, which is similar to the Impossible Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Incredible Burger being a Nestle product uh, being sold there under the Garden Gourmet brand. Ah. Mm -hmm. A former McDonald's CEO is on the Beyond Meat board. Oh. So, Mm. but the problem (laughs) is the logistics of producing enough meatless burgers to meet McDonald's level of demand. It complicates any potential deals. Oh, of course. And, and, uh, you know, Impossible has run into this with their Burger King deal. Yes. Shortages have dogged most brands of meatless meat. As the Impossible Burger was debuting on the Burger King menu, 30% of its listed restaurant locations didn't have any supply. And when the search for A&W's Beyond Burger reached a fever pitch, it drew in Jessica Chastain as an investor. (laughs) And you can see, like, if you're interested at all, you can go on Twitter and see complaint after complaint uh, at Impossible Burger or Beyond Meat for shortages. And, yeah. like, I, I can't believe you're expanding when I can't. Without, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. We will. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into some history for you. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! Roller coaster! What's that spell? San Diego! 
If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, meat alternatives do go way back. Uh, we've done episodes on tofu and seitan, so check those out if you're interested. Uh, and and tempa. How as could well. I forget that? That's yeah. my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tofu is of course uh, soy based. Seitan is a uh, wheat gluten product, and tempa is fungus based. Most modern meat substitutes are based on one or more of these products, with a uh, seitan really being the only one meant to, like, replicate the texture of meat and poultry, specifically. Oh. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've talked about this before, but go over it briefly. In Mm -hmm. 1896, J.H. Kellogg, John Harvey Kellogg. Oh, that guy. That guy uh, launched a (laughs) peanut-based food called nut toast, touted as a substitute for, quote, flesh foods. Flesh foods. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yes. Um, And these early alternatives that he was a part of, they were meant to taste plain, not to overstimulate your senses because you might go straight to hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, watch watch out for flavors. Mm -mm. They're a a pathway to sin. Uh, Yeah, talking about Satan. Um, (laughs) Kellogg arrived at this, this nuttose after many experiments. The first prototype, protose, he described as resembling, quote, potted veal or chicken. It has a distinctly meaty odor and flavor. When a bit is torn off and chewed, it shows a distinct fiber. It is of such consistency that it may be masticated like tender meat, and when cooked, retains its form as does meat. From what I understand, this was still available until a couple years ago. <laughs> um, he made over a million dollars in mock meat sales one year. Whew. It was a big deal. Yeah. In 1949, Worthington Foods released their soy loin steak and <laughs> meatless wieners, and Mo- Worthington would go on to become Morningstar, mm-hmm. owned by Kellogg. Yep. Uh-huh. The first commercial burger, Garden Burger, came out in 1985 in the United States. That same year in the U.K., Quorn, yes. Q-U-O-R-N? I think so. <laughs> and, sure. and also maybe not that same year. I, I saw, I'm always confused how this happens, but a, a lot of different dates. But sometime in this area came on the shelves um, in part composed of fungus in the fermentation part oh, process. Yeah, 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 Tempa style, sure. Yep. In 1998, Garden Burger, I had to include this, aired a $1.5 million animated commercial voiced by Samuel L. Jackson during the season finale of Seinfeld. And they saw a surge in sales afterwards. <laughs> that is the most Annie Reese fact that I think we've ever had on the show. When I saw it, I knew it had to be in here. Like a Seinfeld fact in the meatless the alternative meat episode. Yes, please. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beyond Meat was founded in 2009 by one Ethan Brown, a former clean energy executive who grew up on uh, partially on the dairy farm that his parents co-owned. And Bill Gates was an early investor and Twitter's co-founder, Biz Stone. And at first, Beyond Meat was working on developing chicken substitutes. Uh, uh, Brown had actually been working on such a project since the 1980s. But yeah, they they brought a couple formulas to market in the early 20-teens. They had their uh, chicken 
strips at Whole Foods nationwide by 2013. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Impossible Foods was founded in 2011 by Dr. Pat Brown, no relation, um, a former Howard Hughes Medical Institute investigator. Their their investigator program supports biomedical research and uh, also a former professor of biochemistry at Stanford. He apparently went vegan uh, in or after college and had been, like, pondering ever since how he might help reduce the world's meat consumption. Bill Gates, back to this one, too. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten cash infusions from celebrities like Jay-Z, Trevor Noah, Katy Perry, Jaden Smith, and Serena Williams. Huh. Mm -hmm. In 2013, a Dutch researcher by the name of Mark Post made the In Vitro Burger, a $325,000 burger made of cultured cow cells. Yeah, uh, the, the technology has dropped way down in price since then. Uh, uh, making one in a lab costs about like 11 bucks now. Um, yeah, although it's still not considered commercially viable. Um, and estimates for such a product's debut within the next year or so, mm-hmm. they think it's going to come to market. Um, uh, but the cost range is around like, like $50 projected per burger while companies are working out uh, uh, production processes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then, in 2014, Beyond Meat debuts Beast Burger. Beast Burger. Beast Burger, yeah. Okay. Yep. Gosh. You got to have a name in this game, Lauren. You've got to have a good name. (laughs) Uh, When the first Whole Foods that sold Beyond Meat put their first shipment out in May of 2016, it sold out by 6 p.m., Wow. Same day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, B- Beyond Meat's early strategy was to push to get their product into supermarkets, d- directly in front of consumers. Um, later in 2016, Tyson Foods, a, you know, like supermarket major yes. brand, um, invested an undisclosed amount in exchange for a 5% stake in the company. Ooh. And they've since sold it hypothetically to get in on their own competing product. Intrigue. I know. Hey. NYC's Momofuku Nishi started selling the Impossible Burger in July 2016. This was uh, part of Impossible's marketing campaign to generate millennial buzz um, by getting these big-name chefs on board with the product. Mm-hmm. In 2017, Beyond Meat's big supermarket push really hit its uh, first breakthrough. That's when CEO Ethan Brown cooked up a sample platter of his burgers for the meat buyer executives from um, the more mainstream grocery chain Safeway. Not that Whole Foods isn't mainstream, but, you know, it's kind of a specialty thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He'd been, yeah, yeah, trying to get his burgers displayed in their fresh meat aisles uh, over over 280 stores, and they finally in 2017 agreed. Um, Apparently they were skeptical. Uh, Brown told the magazine Quartz, one guy takes one bite, throws it in the trash, and says, I'm in. I like that guy. (laughs) From this little I know about him, I do. <laughs> hmm In late 2018, fast food chain White Castle began selling Impossible Burger sliders. And in January of 2019, fast food chain Carl's Jr. debuted Beyond Meat Burgers at over 1,000 restaurants. Wow. Huh. I've never eaten at either of those places. <laughs> Uh, Carl's Carl's Jr. is more of a West Coast thing. Uh, oh. uh, White Castle is traditionally more like Northern, but okay. I think you can you can find them around. I I, I think I can. <laughs> I think I can. <laughs> I believe in you, Annie. Thank you. <laughs> also, in January 2019, Impossible launched their version 2.0, more versatile. You could stew it, you could braise it, you could saute it. And they supposedly developed this in response to early tests with Burger King, who said that the Impossible patties crumbled over their open flame broiling process, unlike beef patties. Um, so, yeah, Impossible swapped their their wheat proteins out for soy proteins. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In February, Impossible launched in Singapore. They'd already been in Hong Kong for a few months, and apparently they're just doing rip-roaring business out there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And in spring of 2019, Beyond Meat discontinued those chicken strips. They say that they're uh, they're working on a new formula. A new formula. Mm-hmm. This is all happening right now. I know. And speaking of. Yeah. Uh, in April of this year, Burger King introduced their Impossible Whopper at 59 stores. Um, and also, fast casual chain Red Robin debuted Impossible Patties at all 570 of their locations. Whew. Huh. Yeah. And this is where that shortage stuff mm-hmm. comes in, although it's been a problem on and off. 
for a while. Impossible addressed the shortage in April 2019, quote, We sincerely apologize to all customers, particularly those who have come to depend on the additional foot traffic and revenue that the Impossible Burger has generated. Burger King has also run into some problems, being called out for not being 100% vegetarian since the patty is cooked on the same grill as their meat products. Ah, yeah, yes. yeah. They're also not vegan. They, they do um, uh, still put the, the mayo on right. their Whopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but after Burger King's month-long trial, they did announce that they would be rolling the Impossible Burger out at all of their United States stores. There you go. Hoof. There you go. Also, also in April... Uh, Nestle launched their European brand, Incredible Burger, in grocery stores in Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, and Sweden, just to start with. Just to start. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Qdoba, the the, the Mexican chain Tex-Mex, plans to start offering Impossible at its 730 restaurants this year. Mm. And in June of 2019, Nestle announced that they will launch their American entry into the field, the Awesome Burger. Aye. This fall under Sweet Earth. And I, I love that they, like, rebranded and reformulated for the American market, and it went from being the Incredible Burger to the Awesome Burger. I feel like they have our number. They, they see, see us. us. <laughs> they see us. We got the impossible, beyond, and awesome. Awesome. I tell you, you got to have a name. Dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does pose to shake up the American industry as these other companies are startups and, and Nestle is not. No. No. Um, they also say that their product will contain no saturated fat. I'm not sure how that would work. I, I mean, food science is, is pretty wild, but yeah. I'm very skeptical. <sighs> Also in the future, mm-hmm. Impossible is planning fish-mimicking products, then pork and chicken. Um, they're also looking at dairy. And uh, Beyond Meat has a goal of getting at least one of their products to a cheaper price point than the animal alternative. Oh. Yeah. So a lot to look <clears throat> forward to. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> now I'm getting concerned. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Most of the stuff we talk about like had its heyday like a hundred years ago. Right. So this is really this is really weird. This is a this is a fun kind of kind of anxious feeling that I'm having right now. Fun, anxious feeling. <laughs> I think that's how we can describe ourselves. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, no, that's just that's yeah. Mm-hmm. That's every day. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have some fun. Not necessarily anxious science for you. Uh-huh, uh, but, but, but first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. 
the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, science. Yeah. How do these companies build a burger that acts like a burger but is not made of beef? Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, identifying the, the je ne sais quoi of beef is some serious science. Um, researchers at these firms are, like, reverse engineering the burger by investigating what flavor and color compounds exist in beef and what proteins and fats give it its texture. And then they go looking for plant sources for those substitutes. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Beyond Meats products use, uh, use pea and other legume proteins, rice protein, and potato starch, coconut oil, cocoa butter, uh, beet juice extract is that, is that blood color. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Their sausage products are colored with fruit extracts. Uh, Nestle's forthcoming product sounds pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Impossible, uh, uh, since their 2.0 revolution, um, uh, now uses soy and potato proteins and coconut oil, plus a, plus a few other things. But their, their secret ingredient, and by secret I mean they announce it all over the place, yeah. <laughs> um, is a compound called heme. Um, I think I— I'm assuming I'm saying that correctly. Uh, it's it's spelled H-E-M-E. And, yeah, heme contains the, the iron that gives beef its red color and some of its kind of savory flavor. Heme occurs in both animals and plants in a class of proteins called globins. It's in our blood, uh, contained in hemoglobin. Mm-hmm. Probably heard of it. Uh, mussels have it in myoglobin. And the roots of soy plants have it in leg hemoglobin. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Cool. Uh, Harvested from soy plants, vegetarian solution. There's a lot of subsidies for producing soy. All good, right? Right. Right. Nope. Uh Um, An acre of soy plants would yield just a kilo of leg hemoglobin. So they mass produce it using genetically modified yeast cultures. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is a common manufacturing technique for all kinds of food compounds. In this particular case, they take the species of yeast called Pichia pastoris, I think, and they give it the gene that soy plants use to make, like, hemoglobin. Um, They then grow just big old populations of this yeast in labs. Um, The yeast eats sugar and minerals, and it produces the protein, um, which can then be harvested. I couldn't figure out whether the, like, hemoglobin is grown in the yeast or if it's excreted as a byproduct. I'm not sure. If it's excreted, then yeast poop. If not, you know. Then take it back. Yeah, then take back the yeast poop. Ah. Oh, sorry about it. <laughs> sorry to enter yeast poop uncertainty oh, into the conversation. No. Yeast poop? <laughs> yeast poop. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it is a more environmentally and cost-friendly method than growing all that soy would be, and it's way more that stuff-friendly than growing cattle. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Like hemoglobin is a new substance in human diets. And there was a kerfuffle over whether the FDA was going to grant it a generally recognized as safe status. Right. Um, preliminary studies in vitro and in animals checked out. Um, and eventually, the FDA gave them the complicated stamp of approval that they have no questions as to the veracity of Impossible's claims that hemoglobin should be generally recognized as safe under the intended consumption conditions. No questions. It's a good thing. Intended consumption conditions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I always fall within that box, but okay. <laughs> oh, I'm super positive that you don't, friend. <laughs> um, as as uh, Matt Simon, writing for, for Wired, pointed out, that this is part of a larger question into how these bleeding-edge products, pun completely intended, yes. um, sh- should go through safety testing. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is voluntary and up to the companies. Yeah. And um, then the, the actual te- – yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other controversies. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Impossible used animal testing. Um, uh, 118 lab rats in their hemoglobin studies, and PETA went after them. Mm-hmm. PETA was unhappy. Yeah. 
I mean, Pete is usually unhappy. Yeah, I was about, about to say, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, the soy that Impossible is using is genetically modified, which some people have a problem with. And I don't think any of these popular products are entirely organic, which some probably overlapping people have a problem with. Um, though I will say that, you know, GMO products as a whole are in no way inferior to or more dangerous than conventional products. And the term organic um, is wide enough to be essentially meaningless um, w- without looking into the specific farming techniques being used for the ingredients that are going into these things. It is impossible to say whether these products are less good than like non-GMO or organic products would be. So... Every time you said impossible, is this? Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, I missed that one. It's impossible to say. It is. Oh, gosh. Oh. I, I applaud them for the names because it's really fun to read news items <laughs> where you just, every other word is impossible or awesome or uh-huh. <laughs> beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Well, it, this one, I feel like we're going to, you know, a couple years from now, update. Oh, absolutely. So much is happening. Yeah, and so fast. Um, and I, I think faster than than even these companies uh, thought it would. So Yeah. And who knows? By the time you hear this, something <laughs> could have changed. Something could have changed. Oh, a lot of articles out there about this. There are. Oh, gosh. There's a lot of reading to be done. If you mm-hmm. are curious about it, there there's a lot more. So much. Yeah. So much. But for now. Cap on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it brings us to listener mail. <laughs> Not impossible at all. No. No. <laughs> for two people to coordinate a very odd <laughs> ritual at the end of the podcast. Not impossible. Sometimes difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Claire wrote, I was so excited when you called out to French folks during your salad episode to write in about French salad timing. Ah! At last! I finally have a legit reason to write in to one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Oh, thank thank you. you. I am half French, was born there, but grew up in the States. However, I was lucky enough to spend most of my summers in France while I was growing up and try to get back there as often as possible now that I'm an adult. Though I can't speak of the country as a whole, I can tell you that in my family and most other homes and restaurants I visited in France, the salad follows the main course. Ah. Here's how most meals go down, at least with the Goussard clan. Hmm. If we're feeling fancy, we might start with a small appetizer like a slice of cantaloupe, silver of quiche, or soup. Main course, which is some sort of standard meat-grain-veg combo, salad time. Cheese or yogurt, dessert, which is usually just a piece of fruit unless it's a special occasion. Huh. For us, the salad is usually a very simple green salad made with frise or whatever type of lettuce is fresh and available at the time. Before we all sit down to dinner, someone will make a vinaigrette in the bottom of a large salad bowl using oil, vinegar, mustard, salt, pepper, and whichever herbs are on hand. Mm-hmm. We'll then put the washed lettuce on top. That way, the salad and vinaigrette are ready to toss together just before eating and doesn't get soggy. Ooh, Ooh very clever. Yeah. Fun anecdote. My grandfather loved salad and Mm -hmm. insisted on having it with pretty much every meal while he was alive. He had an endearing habit of pretending that he only wanted a little bit as we passed the bowl around for second helpings, but then serving himself a heaping plateful. (laughs) He would modestly say, oh, just un petit feu, or oh, I'll just have a little leaf, and then polish off half the bowl. (laughs) Even though my grandma pretended that she didn't like the salad that much and just ate it because he always wanted it, she has now picked up the same habit. We all got together last summer to celebrate my grandmother's 90th birthday with a big, fancy meal. The birthday dinner was held at a beautiful auberge near our family home in the Alps. We hiked in together, shared a gourmet meal, and spent the night there before hiking out in the morning. Before the big event, my cousins and I, all in our 20s and early 30s, decided to have a little game of Goussard family bingo during dinner. (laughs) Without letting the parents in on it, we predicted all the things we thought were likely to happen (laughs) over the course of the meal and each placed bets on how many of them would come to pass. One of my cousins was keeping score under the table <laughs> during dinner. We all bet on my grandma doing her just a few bit with the salad, and she did not disappoint. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. It is. It's so cute. Uh, 
Laura wrote, I just listened to your picnic episode and was reminded of my favorite picnic story. Last year, I through-hiked the Appalachian Trail, so for six months, nearly all of my meals were technically picnics. However, they were very sad picnics, usually consisting of tortillas with peanut butter and some dried fruit, or just Pop-Tarts and granola bars. When my friend and I realized all of our meals were sad picnics, we made a list of our favorite picnic foods and decided to buy those items at our next resupply so that we could enjoy a real picnic on trail. Next resupply, we bought hummus, naan, pea shoots, baby carrots, kalamata olives, grapes, blueberries, dates, and dark chocolate, and set off with our obscenely heavy packs. We knew we wouldn't make it far with our packs so loaded with fresh food, nor did we have any means of refrigeration, so we had to have our picnic sooner rather than later. However, it would not stop raining that day, story of the entire summer of 2018 for the U.S. Eastern Seaboard, and we couldn't unpack our lovely picnic spread in the driving rain. The trail happened to take us through a small town in Pennsylvania that day, so we ended up having our picnic inside a gas station, Dunkin' Donuts. We added iced coffee and blueberry donuts to the spread because it threw hikers' hunger knows no limits. We definitely got some strange looks from employees and other thru-hikers, but to us it felt like a dream to have picnic foods and surprise Duncan at the same time. It was a relief to learn from your episode that historical picnics did not always occur outdoors. Otherwise, my favorite one would have been invalidated. That's lovely. <laughs> that is lovely. What a wonderful picnic. Oh, gosh. And surprise donuts. Yeah, surprised iced coffee, surprise donuts. Hard to top. It is. Hard to top. (laughs) Um, Thanks to both of them for writing in. We would love to hear from you as well. You can email us at hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all at Saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. The Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.